Hello and welcome to Complete Caribbean, a Travel Pulse podcast all about the world's favorite warm weather destination, the Caribbean. I'm writer, editor, and Caribbean travel expert, Jet Set Sarah. And I'm Brian Major, managing editor here at Travel Pulse. We're happy to have you join us today as we discuss the ins and the outs of Caribbean travel and we share the latest info and intelligence on this wonderfully diverse region. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. Hello and welcome to Complete Caribbean. It is episode eight and it's Wednesday, July 21st. I'm Sarah Greaves Gabadon, a.k.a. Jet Set Sarah, and I'm joined by my co-host, Brian Major, Managing Editor at TravelPulse.com. Hi, Brian. Hello, Sarah. How are you today? I'm great, thanks. I'm really excited about all the stuff that we have to pack into the podcast today. And I will say, first of all, if you're listening to the podcast, thank you. We hope that you like it and we hope that you subscribe because we want to be doing this for a long time. Brian and I have a great time bringing you all this news. So like it, subscribe it so everyone will know how popular we are. Tell your friends. Um, so anyway, on ep- episode eight, let's get started. Uh, we've got it jam-packed with news for you. Brian will be talking to Charles Jeffers. He is the CEO of the Bermuda Tourism Authority, and he'll be giving us an update about what's happening on that Atlantic island that we love to embrace in the Caribbean. Um, I'm going to be talking about my recent cruise. I was cruising for the first time on Windstar Cruises Star Breeze in the Caribbean. So we're going to be talking about that later. But first, let's get started with the news and what's just in. So the first thing I wanted to talk to you about was Aruba, because in Aruba, they have tweaked their entry requirements for vaccinated travelers. Well, some vaccinated travelers. If you can show proof of vaccination with what they call a smart health card, you no longer have to do a PCR test three days before you arrive on the island. Now, smart cards are only given if you are vaccinated at a Sam's Club or a Walmart or certain facilities in Louisiana and California. So this new rule, this new tweet doesn't apply to every vaxxed visitor, but it is further proof of how crucial it is to get vaccinated if you want to travel the world. And it's worth noting that two Caribbean countries, the Bahamas and the Belize, have already waived all pre-entry testing requirements across the board for vaccinated travelers. And I think that, you know, depending on what happens with COVID, we can see that if the situation improves, knock wood, we can see that happening across the Caribbean. But anyway, to find out about Aruba's latest regulations, go to aruba.com and you can get all the scoop. Of course, that's not the only vaccination news and COVID regulation news. Um, as, of July 20, as of July 12th, I'm sorry, St. Kitts and Nevis has reduced the length of their vacation in place, a.k.a. quarantine requirement for vaccinated visitors. And that's gone down from nine days to four. So now when you arrive on the island, you'll do a test on day four. And as pr- provided it's negative, then you are free to roam around both St. Kitts and or Nevis. So for more information about that, because, you know, it's always changing. It's current as of now, but who knows tomorrow. Uh, go to stkittstourism.kn or for Nevis, go to nevisisland.com for more information. Now, you know, vacation in place is such a such a nice, <laughs> it's a much nicer term. than Absolutely. Quarantine. But that's what yeah. it is. You're vacationing in place. So. You know, which is a lovely thing and in most of these Caribbean resorts. But also, again, get vaccinated. If you're going to if you want to travel easily through the region, get vaccinated. And now while we're on the subject, we're going to talk about another destination I'd like to mention is the Cayman Islands that has uh, been very 
careful and very, very, very circumspect in um, in uh, instituting uh, restrictions and uh, and uh, and protocols. Uh, right, they're one of the very few. They're one of very few Caribbean islands, Brian, that still aren't open. Correct. That is correct. Exactly, they are not open right now to visitors. Only really to residents, and again, it's very conditional, and uh, there there is a registration. Uh, but now they've announced that they will permit a limited introduction of fully vaccinated travelers beginning in September under a five phase five phase reopening plan. The as the as yet undisclosed number undisclosed number of visitors will be allowed to enter the Cayman Islands subject to the achievement of an 80% COVID-19 vaccination rate. That's according to the Minister of Tourism, Kevin Kenneth Bryan. Now visitors will be required to apply for entry using the Travel Cayman portal. Okay. Fully vaccinated travelers who provide a securely viable vaccine document will be required to quarantine for five days when this policy is instituted. Now that's for land-based tourism. Cruise calls at the Cayman Islands are not expected to resume until January 27th, 2022, which the Cayman Islands Department of Tourism has designated as the territory's grand reopening. So again, as Sarah has pointed out, as I mentioned, they're being very careful in the Cayman Islands. Um, they won't have a full reopening really until 2022. And that follows the completion of all five phases of the plan and a thorough assessment from government and health officials. Now that's from the Minister of Tourism. Now there's a site you can go to for more information. Uh, it's a little bit of a, a long website, so listen up. It's uh, Travel Cayman. It is C-I, as in Cayman Islands, G-N-O-R-T-H, Europe, dot, B as in boy, two, the number two, C-L-O-G-I-N, dot com. That's a Travel Lord. Cayman. <laughs> That's yeah, I know really, it's very. Doesn't exactly roll off the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Again, the Cayman Islands—they are—they—they um, they do things their way. Um, mm -hmm. You know, uh, again, um, as we have pointed out in past shows, they are—they're um, tourists—they—they—they they, they have a big tourism component, but they have other industries. So they okay. are—they have their own approach to how they manage tourism uh, development. So there you go. Um, I think we're going to go now to Sarah's segment. You know, I have a question for you, not a question, but something I wanted to discuss. I thought it was very interesting in that Cayman piece that you just uh, spoke about, Brian, that they're saying that fully vaccinated visitors who provide a securely verifiable vaccine document. I think there's the rub, because as we have discussed um, together and apart, you know, our vaccine cards, you know, are just cards right. of paper, which frankly... I feel I could make one on my photocopier at home. Not and I'm knowing I can mention that the Virgin Islands, if you read the Virgin Islands newspapers, the Virgin Islands has jailed about 25 people for fake vaccine documents. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not surprised. Right so it's interesting. Mostly I mean, I know in, I know in New York, yeah. in New York, you have some sort of thing where you have an um, like an app with your vaccine status that you use like to get into um stadiums and stuff like that i forget what it's called but we don't have any such app here in miami and we, and we certainly don't have anything across the across the board which 
you would think there would be some sort of official, you know, official app that has your official verified vaccine documents in it. But right now, all I have is my actual piece of paper. And then I actually took a photo of it that I keep in my phone just in case, God forbid, I should lose it. But I mean, Thank both you. of those, yeah, both the of those thing. are not exactly high tech and easily you know, forged if I wanted it's to. It's going to so be, be up to the Cayman Islands to, desert, to determine what securely verifiable actually yeah. entails. So exactly. that is a great point, Nuray. So folks, I mean, um, the, 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 Cayman, the Cayman, Cayman is on your landscape. It's coming up availability, but um, it's going to be conditional again. Uh, yeah, Michael. absolutely. But we look forward to January when hopefully we can all go back. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, all right. So moving on. Um, now, if you have traveled to the Caribbean a lot, you know that getting around the Caribbean is not that easy and it's not that cheap and it's not that convenient. Uh, so there's some news that I got out of not Jamaica always. that I'm actually, yeah, I'm <laughs> actually quite heartened by this news because um, the word out of Jamaica is that there's now new nonstop air service between Jamaica and Curacao. There's an airline called Jet Air, and they're going to now offer flights between Kingston's Norman Manley International Airport and Curacao International Airport every Thursday. So just once a week. But I think it's a step in the right direction. We're always talking in our industry about uh, freeing up travel and making travel much more easy and convenient and cheaper for people who live in the Caribbean and visit the Caribbean. So maybe this is a first step. Um, it's definitely a first step in Jamaica's, uh, not a first step, but another step in Jamaica's quite aggressive strategy to increase airlift this year into the island. In fact, Jamaica received its first direct flight from Zurich, Switzerland into Montego Bay last month, which is unbelievable to me, Edelweiss. So <laughs> Edelweiss Air is actually the name of the, um, of the airline. But I mean, it just shows you Everybody wants to come to the Caribbean and, you know, let's just try and make it a bit easier for people to get around the Caribbean while they're here. Connectivity is the lifeblood of Caribbean destinations. So when we talk, when we mention Sarah and I, um, air, um, air additions uh, and development, you know, that's really, that's uh, without that, there's no, there's no, with, there's no dough. There's no show, you know, there's no, <laughs> no show. Dough, no show. I like it. Not here in line, you know? So there's no show. Speaking of which I spoke this week with somebody we both know well, Karen Witt. She's vice president of sales and marketing for the Heartland group, which is the parent firm of two of the, real premier luxury resorts, the Palms, Turks and Caicos, and the Shore Club in the Turks and Caicos. Karen, mm -hmm. she's also executive, an executive member of the Caribbean Hotel and Tourism Association, and she was a previous president of the Turks and Caicos, Turks and Caicos Hotel and Tourism Association from 2008 to 2013. Now, during our discussion, you can read about our discussion, our full discussion on TravelPulse.com. It's a Q&A that's up right now. But I want to point out one thing that she mentioned was that both the Shore Club and the Palms are offering a health concierge at each property who will be a go-to for guests who need assistance with booking their complimentary COVID tests or if they have questions regarding the TCI-assured travel forms. What is TCI-assured? TCI Assured is an online portal where international travelers, travelers are required to obtain certification before traveling to the Turks and Caicos. So it's the introductory uh, portal to travel to the Turks and Caicos. Now, you should be, as a luxury client, looking for hotels 
or as any kind of client traveling to the Caribbean right now, Sarah and I have talked about this. You should be looking for hotels that are going to assist you in all of the details you need to have secured to travel the region right now. There's a lot you have to prepare for. Testing, uh, uh, multiple destinations, airports, always need to have your details straightened out and any assistance you can get is worth having. So just wanted to mention that that's going to be a great point to have. So um, look for that at your properties. Yeah. Health is a new luxury, right? There you go. A new, the new luxury. So I really can't wait to tell you all about my cruising experience. But first, we are going to hear from our guests. You know, we always like to have a special guest. And our island intel this week comes from Charles Jeffers. He is a CEO of the Bermuda Tourism Authority, and he spoke with Brian. So take it away, Brian. This is Island Intel, and uh, this is where we interview some of the leaders of the Caribbean tourism industry, and we have another one here today. Um, I tell you, I always tell you, we bring you the decision makers, the, the top influencers, the people who are responsible for tourism in the destinations, and we, this is what we have here today with Mr. Charles Jeffers II, who is uh, the CEO of the Bermuda Tourism Authority. So welcome, uh, Mr. Jeffers. Thank you for being with us today. Uh, good morning, Mr. Major. Uh, so happy to be here with you, and thank you very much for having me. It's an honor. This is the first time we've actually talked uh, personally. We, we've met, but uh, I've been to Bermuda many times, and it is a, I've been going there for probably 20 years, and it is a wonderful destination. Um, as an East Coast resident, it is something that is it's second nature for us. It's, uh, it's so easy to get to and such a convenient, it's our slice of the Caribbean right nearby. Um, so when I think of Bermuda, I, I wonder what are the entry requirements right now to get into the country? Why don't you enlighten us a little bit, uh, Charles, about what the entry requirements are to enter Bermuda? Sure. So um, once again, thank you for having me. So to get into Bermuda, um, the first thing you need to do is you need to have a, um, a negative PCR test um, no more than four days prior to your arrival. Um, and once you have that test, uh, the, your, your test results, excuse me, um, you will need to complete what's called a travel authorization form um, online, which can be found at um, our government website, gov.bm. Um, and that's for anyone um, uh, two years and older. Um, and primarily for uh, immunized um, visitors. So if you're immunized, mm -hmm. um, and we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute, um, if you're immunized, um, we want you to take that piece, get that negative PCR test, uh, fill out your travel authorization form. Um, there is a fee of $75 for that, uh, to complete that form, but that will cover all of your testing on island. Um, mm -hmm. And the testing on island is you will have a test at, upon arrival at the airport, um, a test on day four, test on day eight, this, uh, test on day 14. And we hope you're staying for at least 14 days because we want to give you all, all of right. those tests. Um, and then you will also get a test um, um, if it falls with, uh, with, uh, outside of the, those dates um, for your return trip to the United States right. um, or wherever you're, you're traveling to. Um, and that is all included in that $75. Um, I've heard from some of my friends that some of our neighbors to the south are charging a lot more for their testing. Um, and so we consider that to be a great value, um, $75 uh, 
and you get all of your testing um, included. Yeah, we've actually seen, uh, you know, uh, destinations where there are, it's not even, it's not bundled into one price and there are, indiv- there are individual charges that are more than that for, mm-hmm. for each test. So uh, that is extremely convenient. That sounds quite convenient. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've, been, I've been reading some of the, the local coverage of uh, Bermuda's uh, COVID situation. Um, generally, it seems to me like, uh, like a lot of the Caribbean, it has, the country has overall handled the situation well and has outlined protocols that it is expecting everyone to follow. Um, Not everything has gone perfectly as we've seen everywhere pretty much. Um, Mm -hmm. But what is the state of COVID infection in Bermuda and how many current cases are there right now? Yeah, sure. So currently in Bermuda, we have um, 15 cases, uh, 15 active cases. And um, you're right. I mean, things haven't gone perfect. Um, We've had a couple of outbreaks um, um, over the last year. Uh, but we seem to be um, trending in the right direction right now. And, um, and I attribute it to our, our, our strict protocols. Um, I mentioned earlier uh, for vaccinated um, um, visitors, um, but if you are unvaccinated, you will have to quarantine for 14 days in a government approved hotel um, at your expense. Um, so we are primarily marketing to the vaccinated um, visitor uh, but um, if you're unvaccinated and would love a little respite in a, in a hotel, uh, we can provide that for you for 14 days. And so, uh, we welcome anyone to come, uh, but uh, just know that if you're, if you're not vaccinated, um, you will have to quarantine for 14 days in a government approved hotel. That is a great point to, to make. And uh, you're not, you're not, you're not, uh, as some destinations have, you're not, you're not, requiring only vaccinated you're not only you're not allowing only vaccinated travelers but uh unvaccinated as well but you're, you're, it's conditional you're subject to conditions if you are unvaccinated and uh they are significant maybe um but also are charles are there hotels bermuda has many nice hotels many fine hotels are there hotels that are are all hotels open or are they subject to um restrictions based on uh, um uh, local conditions capacity anything like that can you stay in any bermuda hotel yeah so for the most part um all of our hotels are open there were a couple of hotels that had closed for um for renovations and so uh like the fairmont um, southampton is is currently closed um as they were uh planning to close for renovation. So they took this time to just um, begin their process. But um, all of our hotels are open um, and there was really minimal restrictions um, within the hotels. Um, And I I do want to add though, that uh, many of the hotels have taken the added step um, of requiring their unvaccinated um, staff members to be tested uh, once a week. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, that's not a government requirement, but the hotels have taken it upon themselves um, to make their guests feel a bit more comfortable that if they're if they're any of their associates are unvaccinated, um, then they have they are required to have a test. Uh, that is a great point. It is great to see that them taking that step, which uh, which protects everyone. And when we talk about the hotels, Charles um, and infection rates and tourism, um, we've asked every 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 leader in every Caribbean destination about this. Have you seen cases do the cases you have seen? Have they they've been due to community transmission, or is it in the resort and tourist areas? Is there a distinction? Um, can you talk about that? Yes, I, I would say for the most part they have come uh, been community um, transmitted, 
Um, we have had, you know, a couple of cases of visitors testing positive. Um, but for the most part, I, I would probably say 95, 98% of them have been um, community transmitted. I see. That is uh, interesting. And when you were talking about this, this is comes to the core of what you do, Charles, and you and, and um, the government um, in tourism. You're balancing the twin goals of, of protecting public health and, and ensuring that there is critical tourism activity now that the, the destination has reopened. Um, how have you accomplished those goals, which are somewhat, at, they may seem a little disparate at times? Yeah, so it's, it's not easy. And, and as I keep saying, you know, I don't envy um, any um, leaders of any country right now uh, because they're having to make very, very difficult decisions. Um, and especially in countries um, like Bermuda and, and, and many of the Caribbean countries to the south of us uh, who rely so heavily on tourism. Um, it's, it's, a, it's been a very difficult um, um, challenge to balance the two. But I think what I think the government has done um, to, to balance that, I mentioned earlier about with the, the travel authorization form, um, when the country reopened in July of last year, that's one of the things they introduced at that time. Right. Um, and they've been making changes to that process um, mm -hmm. throughout, um, in, including, um, I mentioned that the testing that we're doing um, on at the airport, day four, day eight, and day 14, right. um, but that testing has been at one central location um, now, um, but we're in the process now of changing that so that that testing will be available at most of the hotels. Um, so the hotel um, will be providing that, that service right there. So you can you know, start your day with the test um, like, like we all would like to do, right? And then um, go right. about the day um, <laughs> like that. Um, and um, you know, enjoy your day um, exploring our beautiful island. That is, uh, again, uh, constant um, changing of the protocols uh, due to conditions, uh, you know, seems to be the forefront of, of what's, what's being done in the, in the, in the destinations and the places that are managing this, this terrible outbreak. Um, what percentage, Charles, would you say roughly of Bermuda residents, including the tourism workers, have been vaccinated at this point? Do you even do you have a goal or... What would you so, I mean, we're trying to achieve herd immunity, and that's when we have 70% of the population um, is, has been vaccinated. Uh, right now, we're just under 65% um, of the population has been, has been um, fully immunized. Um, and so we're on our way. Um, you know, like every country, there's a few holdouts um, who are um, resistant to it, but um, um, we're hopeful that um, um, people will continue uh, to seek the, the advice of their health professionals and um, uh, choose to do what's right, not just for them um, and their, and, uh, but also for their fellow um, countrymen um, as, and our visitors. We want everyone to feel safe right. in, in Bermuda. Yeah. Have you made a, any, um, any special provisions to, um, to uh, immunize tourism workers, uh, Charles, among those, among those people, among the whole population? Oh, yeah. So we've done a number of things to, to try to encourage our tourism workers um, to, to get vaccinated. Um, several of our hotels um, have offered um, free transportation to and from the vaccination sites. Um, a couple of them have even offered um, 
uh, on-site um, vaccination at the at their hotels. Um, and then I mentioned earlier about the uh, um, the the requirement for if you're not vaccinated to be tested um, a weekly. Um, and you know we've seen a few people since that was introduced um, to say, you know what, I would rather just go ahead and get test get uh, vaccinated as opposed to being subjected to a test, uh, a weekly test. Totally understand that. And uh, that goes to our point, everyone, um, everyone who's listening, um, if, who's, who's listening to our podcast, if you, the easiest way to travel the Caribbean, to travel to Bermuda and to all of these wonderful warm weather destinations is to be vaccinated. Uh, it's not a, a, a political message. It's a fundamental message about how to travel the destination in the region. Um, so, you know, Charles, we are we are lucky because we have you who you're a Bermuda resident, a Bermuda native. Uh, I, I am. You are a Bermuda native. And it's so wonderful to see the leaders of the destinations pe- be people who are from these destinations, who know them intimately. So I want to ask you a twofold question. Um, a, um, you know the, the territory. So what tourism activities are open right now for visitors and be as a native you know, what do you like to do? What do you suggest that I should be doing next time I'm in Bermuda? Yeah. So, so first Which of all, love, um, yeah. <laughs> so first of all, um, not only am I a native, but I actually started my career as a, as a busboy in the industry many, 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 many years ago. And so awesome. it's, it's exciting for me to return awesome. back to Bermuda awesome. um, to, to lead our tourism industry. Um, and as for what's open right now, um, you know, I'm proud to say everything is open. I mean, the country is open right now, and and um, um, we do have um, some protocols in place, uh, like wearing masks indoors and 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 things of that sort. Uh, we also have gathering size restrictions. Um, right now, it's at 50, um, but you can get a large group exemption if you do um, require one for um, if you're planning to have anything for over 50. Um, so um, everything is open and you can come and explore um, any and everything in Bermuda. And um, we would love to have you. Um, as for what I like to do, I mean, I, you know, it's, it's funny. I, 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 I'm more of a um, um, land and sea person. You know, some people just prefer land. Uh, others prefer sea. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, Bermuda has some great railway, tra- railway trails. Um, that you can explore, um, either walking, running, or even riding a, a non-motorized bike because motorized vehicles are not allowed on the railway trails. Right. Um, and you can explore um, much of the island that way. Um, and it's a, it's a great way to see the island um, and, and explore. But, but equally great is, um, you know, exploring the island uh, by boat. And, um, you know, there's a ferry that leaves from either Hamilton or Dockyard that will take you in between those two areas and it has stops on the way. Uh, but it's a great way to see the island as well, to, you know, to see it by, by from the water. Um, I, I always say that, you know, your no trip to Bermuda is complete without um, a, a, a ferry ride um, to so that you can see the see the island in such a different and unique way. And so um, I encourage people to come and explore Bermuda, um, as I said, either by land or by sea. And we, we'd love to have you. 
That is great to hear. It is as as uh, as uh, Charles says. Uh, it's it's a land and sea destination. It is visitable. Uh, it can be visited on a land vacation. It, you can cruise there. Um, mm-hmm. You can uh, rent uh, uh, excursions. It is just such a diverse, wonderful uh, destination. We could talk yeah. so much more about it, uh, yeah. but I think uh, our time is up right now, and. Okay. Uh, I just want to say thank you, Charles. This is a wonderful opportunity. It was great to have the opportunity to speak with you. And uh, I know our listeners are, are pleased to hear directly from uh, Bermuda's uh, uh, CEO of, uh, of the uh, Tourism Authority. Well, thank you so much for having me. And I, I look forward to seeing you in Bermuda uh, so we can sit down and, and talk about these things, um, maybe over um, some tea and crumpets or, or uh, um, a good fish cake, fish sandwich or something like that. Uh, so. <laughs> now you're talking. Okay. <laughs> right. date. Uh, thank you. Thank you so All much right. for being with us. And thank you guys for listening. And All right. we'll go to our next segment. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Charles Jeffers. It was wonderful to talk to you. I wish I was there and not just not just Brian, but I think he gave us some really good information to help us plan our next trip to Bermuda, which hopefully is very soon. So uh, let's move on to our final segment. That's our island inbox section. I really can't wait to talk to you about this. I cruised for the very first time uh, last week. I cruised on Starbreeze. (laughs) Yeah, cruising 2.0, exactly. I cruised out of St. Martin on Windstar Cruises Starbreeze. So let me just give you a quick bit of background. As you recall, for a long time, we didn't know when the CDC was going to allow allow cruising to happen in the States. And so a lot of lines said, all right, let's start doing some home port or some cruises at home port in the Caribbean. So this is one of those. This started in St. Martin, not here in Miami. So I had to fly to my port. And I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to do a big story about what you can expect with cruising 2.0, but there are just a few things I wanted to prepare you for if you're thinking about cruising during a pandemic. So the first thing is, as I told you, you're probably going to cruise from the Caribbean. And let me tell you, airfares, woo! St. Martin is usually, uh, yeah, St. Martin is usually a six, around a $600 flight here from Miami to St. Martin. But because so many people are actually trying to travel the day before the cruise, these cruises, of course, and you know, airlines have dynamic pricing. So what happens is on the day when the demand is high, the price is high. And I can tell you that for the first time ever, I did not get to the port a day before, as we usually recommend. I actually got to the port the day off because it was $1,900 to fly from Miami to St. Martin on the day before the cruise and still a whopping $900 to fly the morning off. So if you're thinking of cruising and you're not cruising from within the United States, bear in mind that your airfare is probably going to be a lot higher than you expect. Two, let's talk about testing. Oh my goodness, COVID testing. How many did I do? I, I, I My brain must be like perforated by now. Yeah, Exactly. Everything. Oh, gosh. So remember, you're going to have to do a test for the island to enter the island where your cruise is leaving from. So I needed to do a test within 72 hours of arrival in uh, St. Martin if it was um, a PCR test or 48 hours if it was an antigen test. Then we were transported to the port. And at the port, you before you even get on the ship, Windstar and any other cruise line that does this has you take a rapid test before you even get on the ship. So you're double tested. And then, of course, now with every port that you want to go to, every port, 
you know, all these countries are sovereign Caribbean countries. They have their own COVID requirements and regulations that, of course, the ship and the passengers must respect. So every single country that you go to, you will need another test. Luckily on Windstar, and I'm sure on all the other ships too, they're doing those tests. You know, the ship's doctor is doing it. It's, it's, it's an easy thing. Um, they were provided complimentary. They were rapid tests and they were PCR tests because, for example, our first stop was the Barbados and they required us to have a PCR test. But speaking of p- ports and, our, and stops, I'll tell you number three, which is that please don't get too attached to any of the ports that you see on your itinerary because none of them are guaranteed. Now, these ports aren't guaranteed. If you look at your contract of carriage, these cruise ports are not guaranteed, even in regular times. But in a pandemic time, forget They can it. literally take you anywhere they want to go. Based yes, on exactly, exactly. Brian knows Any he's cruise. a cruise guru here. But um, I will tell you that we were our original itinerary called for us going to three ports in the BVI, to Anguilla and to St. Bart's. And we went to exactly zero of those ports during my cruise. Uh, BVI unfortunately had a spike in um, COVID cases. And so that knocked out three of the stops on, that knocked out three of the stops on our itinerary. And so then the ship, the captain decided that we would cruise all the way down to Barbados. So all the way south and east to Barbados. So we got a, we got a sea day that we hadn't planned to have. Then we got to Barbados and then we ended up going to Antigua for two nights at two different ports and Antigua and St. Lucia for two nights. And Antigua, it's interesting to note, we were the first ship to come back since the pandemic. So we were welcomed with open arms, but at the same time, it was pretty sad because we got to the port and all the ports were, the port shops were open, but we couldn't go in because number four is, the number four thing I want to tell you is if you go on a cruise now and you want to get off, you pr- probably the only way that you're going to be able to get off is if you book an escorted excursion. The ships and the islands are trying to protect the health of everyone. And so we're doing these bubble excursions. And a bubble excursion means, for example, when we did it in Barbados, we were tested before we left the ship. We went in a, in a bus that was just us to the beach. When we got to the beach, the beach was roped off with a designated section for cruise passengers on our particular ship. And we were asked not to go up and down the beach, only to go in the water where we were, where those stanchions were. Uh, if we needed to go back to the restaurant to use the bathroom or to change, we needed to be masked, etc. We really, Basically, this is a compromise in which we're trying to be able to have for cruisers to be able to experience a destination but not put the people who live in that destination at risk it's not perfect honestly to be honest the the bubble is not airtight because there are there are some things that slip yeah there is some leakage i mean for example you know all the all the beaches in barbados quite rightfully are public so even though we as cruise passengers are staying to one section of the beach you know, Bajans are walking up and down, they're in the water, you know, it's it's up to you at that point to distance yourself from people. And not everyone is that responsible, I'm afraid. So anyway, you can find out more about Cruising 2.0 in my slideshow that's uh, coming up this week on Travel Pulse. But I just wanted to say cruising is back, but it's back with a difference. Oh, and just let me not forget, it's not all bad news, actually. The good news is ships right now are really quite empty. Uh, we met up with Celebrity Summit that's a 2,000-plus passenger ship. They had 400 people on board. So if you like space, as we all do, we all crave space right now. But if you want to, you're at, at this time in the world, I think you are able to have a cruising experience that's really singular and unique because there are going to be so few people on the ship with you. So that's a good point, right? 
So cruising 2.0, I'm all about it with caveats. <laughs> cruising 2.0. It is, you know, the cruise fans have been waiting so long to get back out there. And um, the situation Sarah describes with the ports is uh, is not unprecedented, but it is highly unusual. So um, mm -hmm. be aware that you may uh, you may not go where you were intending to go. But I know that um, you're going to have a great time on these ships as always, the people who have been waiting to cruise, they, they, you know, they love their ships and they're going to get their ships back, um, you know, um, conditionally. But again, you know, uh, I think things, uh, as long as things trend upward, um, you know, uh, we'll get more, as we see, things are up on, opening up and, and liberalizing. So uh, hopefully there'll be more of that. Um, I wanted to um, go to uh, my little section on a few thoughts on my next travel trip which is to the dominican republic which starts tomorrow and wow yeah tomorrow tell us all about it brian tell us all about it because this is your trip this is your second time back out into the world right this is yes you're right actually sarah this is only my second trip back um to the region um since the pandemic um since being vaccinated i am fully vaccinated and i'm returning to the dominican republic which you know i recently um before the pandemic just before i um uh um renewed my passport and uh, my previous passport maybe 40 percent of the stamps were from the dominican republic i had traveled there i think more than any other destination and i'll be traveling to the excellence punta cana which is a uh premium um, all-inclusive resort in the beautiful Punta Cana Resort District, the wonderful beaches, the great weather that, you know, you expect there. I'm looking forward to that because, um, you know, I have so much to compare it with and uh, they're, they're almost all of these resorts have, have grown to be tremendous properties. And I want to see if that's in the same vein, but also like Sarah's saying, um, I want to see capacity levels. I want to see what kind of level of tourism activity there is. Um, is this a time when uh, there will be a resort with um, 40, 60, 40, 50% of folks? I don't know. I want to see what that's going to be like. I'm looking forward to it for that reason. And then I also wanted to mention that it's one of those destinations right now where there's, there's no requirement to upload test results to enter. Um, and the destination the country is providing through July 31st, travel insurance coverage that covers hospitaliz hospitalization for coronavirus in the DR, telemedicine services, costs for extended hotel stays, and airline ticket changes for adults at all-inclusive all resorts. So you go to your resort desk, I'm told, and when you register, you will be provided with this insurance coverage. Um, some folks have asked me, how are they paying for this? I'm not sure. This is a <laughs> Ministry of Tourism program. <laughs> I will well, you be know, the, the DR, and I think it's a great right. deal that's available. So Yeah, um, and the DR is the most visited Caribbean country of all the Caribbean countries, right? As far as, or at least it has been for some time. And they have thousands and thousands of rooms there. So one would presume that revenue is high. And so I guess this is a chance to spend a little bit, right, on the people who have put it in that position. That's why Sarah is a Caribbean expert. Oh, everything she just said is right on the money. Yes, it is the number one, or it has been the number one um, Caribbean, number one Caribbean destination in terms of visitors. So, um, yeah, so that's going to be great. Um, I want to just go to one more item. We're hearing more about how 
the details of how the Caribbean nations endured this terrible period without um, tourism activity. And um, Grenada is one country Sarah and I know well. Sarah actually did one of her first trips when she. Yeah, returned. that was my first trip. Uh, my first. Your first. My trip. first pandemic trip, yes, was uh, last November to Grenada. Yes, they have uh, revamped their whole tourism marketing operation. They've hired one of our good friends, to uh, whose name is Petra Roach. She is now the CEO of the Tur- Grenada Tourism Authority. And uh, she and uh, the tourism minister, whose name is Dr. Modice, Clarice Modest Kerwin, um, were very frank in their press conference saying that Grenada faced a serious economic squeeze following the pandemic. And as a result, the agency is going to expand its distribution network and forge new partnerships with local tourism suppliers and producers. Um, They just underlined that, don't get it wrong, folks. I mean, you know, I think uh, all the signs are very positive. Tourism is bouncing back, but the region has endured a tough, tough time. So if you are able to travel to the region and you're ready to go back, go back. It's going to help the economy. So a little message there for me. That's about it. Yeah, it's been a tough time for the Caribbean. And, you know, we hope to see it bounce back. Uh, We hope everyone stays healthy, Um, you know, so we can just get some more Caribbean in our life because life needs the Caribbean, right? Life needs the Caribbean. Well, you know, these have been really challenging times for the Caribbean. But what we have seen, even whether it's hurricanes, whether it's economic downturns, whether it's political unrest, the Caribbean is indomitable. We always come back, right? We always bounce back. That's so right. I think that we end the show on that hopeful note um, that things will slowly but surely come back for the Caribbean. And, and, you know, I know you're looking forward to going to the Dominican Republic again to see how, how it has fared. Um, I will be getting on another cruise ship, yet another cruise ship, this time to the Bahamas, and I'll be telling you all about that in our next episode. But until then, I wanted to thank you, everyone, for listening. We really do appreciate you. Um, if you like us and subscribe to us, we'll appreciate you even more. And oh if you tell God. your friends and get them to like and subscribe, oh, my gosh, we'll have, you, we'll have your children. I'll have your children. <laughs> or give you my firstborn. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. We had a great time talking to you. We hope that you keep safe and healthy and travel with concern for your own health and for the health of others in every destination you go to. Until next time, I'm Jet Set Sarah signing off. Say goodbye, Brian. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>